should give it out? I'll give you a signal. We'll put, put it for safety. I'm afraid if I give it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, give it out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, just say, I just want to one, say goodbye one, to them. One page? <laughs> yeah, one page, one page. Say <laughs> there. Yakov knows it. Yeah? Alright, so it's been a while. Since Hanukkah. And uh, Mez Hashem will be back on the track now to continue. Now, even though the Shirum, these Shirum, on the sugi of Yosef HaTzadik and Yisod, the Mid of Yisod, and Shmiras Habris, and not, my intention was not to spend, and it is not to spend years in the subject of Chinuch, Chinuch Habanim, so on, as important as that is, nevertheless, these Shiurim, I, by now I think this must be the 26th shear, that these shiurim are a hakdama that I feel must be in order to in order to establish in the world of Yisod a mahalach of how to be miskasha to our children of to our boys I've spoken about Hashem to people in many places who have felt that it's opening up a little bit, slowly, a certain kind of an awareness. Because without being able to communicate and understand where the boys are coming from, the information, but there's a lot, we're going to be doing a lot of things, the information about Yisod and Ketusha Sabris and Pagam Habris and so on, will not be able to be conveyed to the boys, will not be able to be shared with the boys. And the tachlis of all of this is that we should be able to talk to the kids. We should be able to work with the boys, not just them, to know things. It's not just to know more information, but to be able to communicate, which is, the, of course, the meat of Yisod is to communicate. That's what it means, to communicate with our sons, with our grandchildren, with our students, and, of course, with ourselves as well, to understand. And... And because of that, um, we spent some time recently, mostly in the world of Rav Kook, not only in that world, but mostly in the world of Rav Kook, on the subject of Nishams of Tohu. This goes back a couple of weeks. Nishams of Tohu, that our generation is heavily populated by Nishams of Tohu, and many, many of the, of the most complicated and exciting situations with children are because we're dealing with these neshamas of Tahu. And the last thing that we were talking about, the issue that was raised, was when dealing with neshamas of Tahu, which we have a, a, already a, a sense of what we're talking about when dealing with these neshamas, what is the avoda of Hatzavas Gvulim? Hatzavat Gvulim, like how do you have boundaries and borders and how do we how do we deal with these neshamas of Torah? By definition, these are these are children who resist boundaries and borders. The whole teva is without borders. The whole teva is tohu. And as parents, we have a responsibility to create boundaries and limitations, and so on. So we have these neshamas with the R, the R is very strong, and then as parents and as teachers, all they hear from us is the, is, are the lashanas of tzimtzum, of constriction, 
of holding back. And no, no, you can't. Not now. Later on. On Caleb, it's very hard for them to hear. And so much of the friction. And, and unfortunately, the breakdown, breakdown in families is due to this, this steer between the Iris and the Caleb that the children can bear. And they identify their parents as being Caleb of Timson. My parents are people, when they, when they see a parent walk into the room, they see especially a father, that it's like, he, it's like he's wearing, now on, on your jacket it doesn't say anything, but he sees one word, he says no. He just says no. Or it's on your forehead, he sees the word no. So, the problem is, when you look through all different kinds of books, and you go to different shiurim and hear all, all different shitas, everybody has a shita. Everybody has a shita. Most of the so-called Jewish psychology, these things are mostly written by people who studied non-Jewish psychology, and then they clip it onto a few chazals and find in a safe or something, and they make it look like it's a religious thing, but it really was just something they saw in a psychology book. The truth is that there's no shita, mu'chedet. No, there's no nusach that works for everybody. <laughs> and, and therefore you'll see that it could be that in a, in a particular family that your mahalach is very successful with one of the kids and you're like a parent of the year with that kid. And then with the other kid, you're the failure of the, of the decade, of the century. The same parents, like you have the same seichel, the same heart, the same love. With one kid, it works. There's maishita. And with the other kid, like maishita and parenting is not working. So whenever, whenever we're talking about shitas, it becomes very, very dangerous because each child is different and it's very hard to have shitas. <clears throat> but what we're going to talk about this week and next week, I think we should cover this in two weeks, and then we're going to go more heavily into the Indian of, of the actual conversation, and then to go into the, even to the halachas, into the Indian of, of Yisod. What we're going to talk about is something which is the Saha call of really what all that we've been talking about until now, and, and an avoda of Tavshin Ayin Zayin that applies to every one of these boys. A certain meter that as parents and grandparents that we have to work on that applies to all of the kids across the board that we need to work on. And what we're going to discuss is just uh, as all of these things that we're talking about is mamish, mamish, the tip of the iceberg, just the tip of the iceberg, a little bit. And it's all a hechetimtzit to come into the sugya of Kedusha Sabris. We need to understand the Neshamas of Tahu. And we need to understand that our boys need something from us, regardless of where they're coming from. Our boys need something from us. So we're going to talk about one Mida this week and next week to work on before you sow it. And in the order of the spheres, this comes before you sow it. It applies also to marriage as well. But the Ikka, of course, that we're going to be focusing on is father and son. Now, there are words that have certain connotations and associations that distort the true meaning of what the word is. That's very common. Because we grew up hearing certain things in Lashon HaKadosh, or, or Yiddish, if that's something, you know, the certain vernacular, the vernacular of, of, of Yiddishkeit, that, that implies something that's not really accurate, just because we were raised thinking a certain way. <coughs> we're going to talk about the Midah of Teferis, of Rachamim. Of Rachamim. Now, If the all that we've been talking about, how can I succeed with my with my son? Especially if he's if he's with a strong dosage of tohu, how can I succeed with my child? The teretz is one teretz be'emes, which is not a shita. It's the truth of creation. It's what Hashem revealed to us. It's His way of dealing with His children. It can be very very difficult. It's kirachim of albanim. It's the Midah of Rachmanus. It's the Midah of Teferis. 
Now, since in Yiddish, we always, even in non-Yiddish-speaking homes, but in Ashkenazi homes, Rachmanes has a very negative connotation. Rachmanes, I guess in English, it would be best translated as that it's pathetic. It's Rachmanes. So you feel a poor person comes in, he's uh, in torn clothing, and he smells Rachmanes. Give the guy something, it's Rachmanes. So we have this way of thinking of Rachmim as Rachmanes, something that's pathetic. But the truth is that the Midah Rachmim is, is very, very deep. It's a Midah El Yaina. It's Kerachim of Albanim. It's the Midah of Haben Yakili Ephraim. And speaks about the inyan that he has with his children, because he has a lot of difficulties with us. He has a lot of problems with us. The way that Kashbrochel Kivyochel's Machazik himself, whatever that means, but we see this in, 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 in Tanakh and even more in the Zarak others, that the way that Kashbrochel is is Mechazik himself kivyachal to be a parent, and what he uses at, at the most difficult points in his relationship with us is Rachem Arachemen. Rachem Arachemen. It's the Mid of Rachem. It's the Nivyakal Vinus Tvers. It's Rachem Arachemen. If this is missing, if the Mid of Rachemen, just forget about Rachmanis, that, that way of speaking bad. If the Midah of Rachmim, which we're going to talk about right now, if that Midah of Rachmim is not strong in a father, mothers are not here, but it says Kirachim of Albanim. So that Midah is Be'ik in the relationship between a father and a son. Kirachim of Albanim. If that, by a woman, it's, it's Kisha She'imo Tenachamenu. It's more the Midah of Nechama. That's connected to Rachmim, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But with the father, there's Kirachim of Alban. Rachmenu Kirachim of Alban. <coughs> if that Mida is missing or is very weak in a father, then the whole binion of that child is very, very weak. The entire structure of that child, not only growing up, but only be 50, 60, 70, 80. And when will already be they're ready St. Kaddish he will not be he will not be the person that he needs to be. If Rachamim is lacking, if Rachamim of the father, if that meter of Rachamim is weak in the father, the the entire opinion of that child is compromised in a very deep way. And it's not too late. With all that we're learning, you should never ever think there's a there's a big, big Yetzar to think that all right, I have another I have a little one and I'll try it on him. I know you're thinking that. You know, like, like forget it, my 11-year-old is ready for fun. That's ready for fun. I already messed up. But I have a 6-year-old. I'll try it on him. Don't, don't, don't think like that. It's okay? I know you're thinking that. Don't raise your hand, but I know you're thinking that. Like, it's too late for fun. I'll, I'll see maybe I can work with some of the stuff with the little ones. It's not. Hashem never says that about us. No, we can't say that about it even, even when we're old. It's no such thing. It's not, it's not too late. B'chlal, not too late. I've seen situations where fathers have made that turn from Ahava to Rachimim. I'll explain that in a few minutes. They've made a successful transition. Not a transition. A, a successful shutvas of Ahava together with Rachimim. Even with a 25, 30-year-old, 40-year-old son, Be'emes, Be'emes. In a very successful, beautiful way. It means letting go of certain things with our ego. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. So what is Rachman? That's what I want to talk about. What is Rachman? The best translation for Rachman, I spoke about this to the women two years ago in a different context, but the best translation into English, I believe, of what Rachman really is in Kabbalah and Hasidus is the word in English, empathy. I think that's the best word. Not sympathy, empathy. L'rachem al mishu to have rachmanis on someone again, not the Yiddish, but the Emes, to have rachemim 
to have rachamim on somebody to use that midr rachamim means listen carefully this is an important gather it means not just lorak lechiot itobiachad sometimes it's in english it's not lorak lechiot itobiachad not just to live with this kid or with this person but lechiot oto lechiot oisa which means there's a huge difference we're all zaycha to live with our children Hashem. but living with a child doesn't mean that you're living with the child it means you're just living with the same address lechiot ito is not the same thing as lechiot oto and the difference is how do I look at the world do I look at the world through my my own eyes and solely through my own eyes, exclusively through my own eyes? Do I look at my son's challenges, successes, failures, and so on? Do I look at that through my own eyes, exclusively? One can't help, obviously, but doing that. But but looking at it exclusively through my own eyes? Or do I try as hard as I can to see the world through his eyes? It might sound a little bit corny, but that's what empathizing means. That's what it means to empathize. Do I see? Do I see from his perspective, or do I see it from my perspective? Am I able to enter into his brain, <coughs> and his little brain, his little kid? Am I ent- am I entering into his brain, or am I seeing it purely from my perspective? Give me the simplest example of that. You'll have Kaseda. You'll have that there's some boy that's uh, the parents discovered that when he's in the Yushalayim, it's not he wasn't only by his Rebbe, and he's not only going to the Shia, he's got some stuff going on on the side. Well, he found a, he found himself a little girl over there. I don't mean a three year old, you understand? <laughs> he found a, a young lady in Yushalayim, and then the parents, Mamish, go out of their Kalim, I can't believe this, I can't believe this. <coughs> So he said, I mean, you can't believe it. <laughs> what is it that's so unbelievable about <laughs> this? I mean, maybe I, I thought I knew you, 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 were you raised in Meisharm or something? Like, what's the story with you? You know, you know as well as I do that you got married when you were 21, but you knew each other since you're 17. So stop playing games. Th- this couple in your slime is up to much less hanky-panky than you were at their age. You can't believe it. Yes, but then usually the follow-up will be, but... I said, we sent him to the best yeshiva. We didn't go to the best. I said, you know, he's starting with all this stuff. You know, he goes to this yeshiva, went to that yeshiva. <coughs> in other words, we're the greatest parents in the world. My parents, of course, were not the greatest parents. So, of course, I did all kinds of crazy stuff. But my, my kids going to do that stuff. <laughs> so, it's unbelievable how my kids are doing this. I mean, it's unbelievable that a boy is interested in a girl. That you find it unbelievable. <laughs> I, I find it to be the most natural thing in the world. That it, Boys interested in a girl. Now you have to be, you have to thank the Rabbi Shalom time, <laughs> but he has such an interest. There are other kinds of interest that people have. And so Baruch Hashem is a healthy, he's a healthy, normal boy. It doesn't mean that this is a good thing and it should continue. And God forbid it should go the wrong. I mean, not crazy. It's not hefker. But to be so completely removed from the mabat, from the world of the child, to be so disconnected from what is it that that 16-year-old or 18-year-old is feeling, what's going on in his body and his brain, <laughs> means that you have no rachman. You're not, you're not a person that's empathizing. I don't want to say compassionate. You're a very nice person. You're very compassionate. You're not empathizing with the child. And, and if you can't feel... See, this is the meat of a tzad that we'll talk about. We're going to see a piece from Kedusha Slavi Matisha. If you can't feel what the other person is feeling, like the story that I've told so many times over the years, the Rebbe of Moshe Sasseva, you all know this story, the Rebbe of Moshe Sasseva said, where did he learn the Havis Yisrael? Where did he learn to love another Jew? You remember? Two drunk Russian, two, two drunk Russian peasants in a bar. I'm sure you remember the story, I'm just going to repeat it for the Hizchaskas, that the Rebbe Moshe Sasseva was coming from someplace, and he went to have, to warm up, he went to some kretch and some inn, 
and there are two Russians sitting over there, and what are Russians do? They drink. And they're sitting there, and this one's uh, Igor, and this one's uh, Ivan, and, uh, and, and, they, and this one, they're having, they're having drinks, and uh, they want to make it a uh, l'chaim. And, and this one says to the other one, he asks the other one, do you, do you love me? So the other one, his friend says, Ivan says to Igor, what do you mean, do I love you? you know, we're friends since we're, since we're little children, of course I love you. We're best friends. So they make a l'chaim, they, they drink a, a glass of uh, vodka, whatever. And then, uh, and then he asks him again, that do you, I, I'm asking you honestly, do you really love me? <clears throat> so he says, I, I told you, you're my best friend in the world, of course I love you. We've been together since we're children. So they drink another glass of l'chaim. And then, and then this happens a few times, and, you know, they could hold the look of these guys. And, and, and he says, tell me the truth, really. Really, do you love me? And he said, you know, why do you keep on asking me that? I told you that I love you. And the other one is shaking his head, the other guy is shaking his head, and he says, no, you don't really love me. He said, why are you saying that? What's wrong with you? You never spoke this way. So he said, no, you don't love me, because if you would truly love me, then you would know what's hurting me at this moment. You, have, you don't have, a, you don't have the, the slightest notion of what's hurting me at this time in my life. You just don't get it. And what Moshe Sasser said, from these goyim I learned, these drunken peasants, I learned, what does it mean and how this is so? What does it mean to love another person? To love another person means to feel what the other person is feeling. There's another story that I like to say from my own family in this context, which is very, very different, but it's the same you saw. That, that when we lived in Farakway, we, we had this, uh, we had a, a, a sliding door that went out to the backyard, and uh, a sukkah, it was a sliding door, and it had, and there was, uh, we had a problem with the screen, uh, the door broke and something, and I had to take it and get another screen, it was a whole door, and I got the screen put in the course at that time, like, like a hundred dollars, which, which is uh, probably the last penny that I had, and to put in this screen, and uh, and it was like a day after I put it in, so I come downstairs, and I see I see Ushi, I see my Ben Yochid. He's standing with a he's standing with scissors, and he's just like making drawings on the whole screen. He's cutting up the entire screen. And I don't think he remembers this, but he was just he was just like drawing on the screen with the scissors. So, you know, I, I, I see this, and, and my reaction was very, very measured. <laughs> I did the thing I usually do when there's some, when there's some calamity in the, in the family. I scream my wife's name. <laughs> like Hilo, she has something to do with this. I just scream, Michla! She comes running. She says, what happened? What is it? I can't even, I don't even, I can't even talk. So I said, come down. She says, come downstairs. She says, what happened? What happened? Is everybody okay? What happened? I said, just come downstairs. Come downstairs. You have to see this. So what is it? She comes into the kitchen, and he's, he doesn't even, he, he didn't even turn around. He's just, oh, the whole screen, he's cutting, making pictures in the, the scissor. So I say to my wife, I look at her, and she's laughing also. I said, do you see this? She says, yeah. She says, I said, what are you laughing? What's so funny? It's $100. What's so funny? She says, to me and you, this is what she said, to me and you, it's a screen. To him, to Ushi, it's like a coloring board. It's a toy. He doesn't see it at all. Like, you want to go and you're going to, now what are you going to do? You're gonna, you're, now it's going to be Sanhedrin, it's going to be... What, what's going to be now? We're going to have a bezin. What are you going to do to him? What's your chayv misa? Is chayv karas? Like what's the din? What are you going to do to the kid now? Like what's the punishment for such a crime? The crime of, of destroying a brand new screen. What's the punishment for destroying a brand new screen? But of course, to be able to see something—that's with a little child—to be able to see something through the eyes of somebody else. That the other person should be able to feel, forget about a little kid with a scissor, it's a kleinikite, a teenager. Teenagers know how to cut into your life much more than with a scissor. They know how to do stuff. They don't need any scissor or a knife. <coughs> to, to be able to see things, <coughs> to see the screen through the eyes of a child, 
to see life through the eyes of the other person. That the other person that the other person has a sense that my father gets me, that my father feels what I'm feeling, that I'm able to be the turkey that goes under the table like in Rabbi Nachman's story, and that my father understands me. That when I'm going through something, even though it could be that in my father's world, it could be it's a klinikite, it's an Irishkite, it's something which is silly. But when a child feels, when he looks at his father, that this person is living a life of Ima Anochi Bitsara, that's Rahmanas. Ima Anochi Bitsara means that the other person feels what I'm feeling. The other person sees things that I'm seeing. That mead is called Rahmanas. That's the Midas Arachna. We're much sillier vis a vis Hashem than a little boy cutting up a screen. What you and I do in our lives, the damage that we cause is much, much more than $100, the damage. When, it, when, any, when, when any one of us, God forbid, looks at something we shouldn't be looking at, it's much more than $100. When, God forbid, you go on the computer or something, it's much, much more than $100. The damage is much bigger than $100. When we yell at a kid, it's much bigger damage than a kid could carry that for the next 25, 30 years, that yell. It's much bigger damage than $100. So Hashem Shalom has a meter that's called Rachem. It's Rachem Arachemenu, Karachem of Albanim. There's a sentence that I've mentioned in the past from Rabbi Yerucham Zechon Levracha. This meter v'chol tsarosam lo tsar, v'chol tsarosam lo tsar. Then everything that a Jew goes through, lo with a rav. I mean, there's a creating sif. Lo tsar that Hashem Zbarach, Hashem Zbarach feels that. He feels that. That's called empathy. That's called empathy. You can't be a father with that, and you can't be a husband with that. You can't be a mensch with that. The lesson of Rabbi Yuchim, that I've mentioned in the past, but it's good to have it in this context, is Ulazoyz Godel Kolkach Inyan Shal Noisei Ba'ol Im Chaveiro. The Bali Musa referred to this often with that lesson of of Noisei Ba'ol Im Chaveiro, which was exemplified in yesterday's parasha with Moshe Rabbeinu, Vayetze Elachov. Vayar b'sevloisam. I mentioned this yesterday morning, that Vayar b'sevloisam doesn't just mean that he saw the facts on the ground of how they're being beaten and humiliated. But b'sevloisam. Remember I spoke about that yesterday morning, those who were here. B'sevloisam means that he was able to look deep into each and every Jew and to feel the pain of what is it like, what is that, what is that like to be? to be a slave and to be a nobody and to be, you know, for your kid to be standing next to you and for you to be beaten. What is that like? It's not just that he saw the facts. Bayar bisiv losam. I spoke about that yesterday. Bisiv losam. It's the midah of noisi ba'olam chaveira. To feel the burden that the other person is carrying upon him. That's vayar bisiv losam. In the suffering. Because it could have just said vayar esiv losam. No, not just S. He didn't just see what was going on. He, didn't just, he wasn't just watching what's going on. It's Bisiv Losam. Bisiv Losam. There's a very dear friend of mine who wrote together. He's very sick now. He needs a big Yeshua, a big Refua. And, and, uh, and um, you know, again, my wife, my wife wanted the number. He didn't, my wife didn't have my friend's wife's number. And, and my wife called my friend's wife to say that I know that everybody's thinking about your husband because of what's going on with the medical treatments and so on and, and his health. But, but my wife said to her, but I know it must be unbelievably hard for you. And you're not, you're supposed to be strong. You're not supposed to be crying because you're helping your husband and everybody's depending upon you. All the kids are depending upon you. The grandchildren are depending upon you. But I, my wife said, but I'm worried that you're, you might be getting lost in all of this. And how do you feel? Do you want to spend some time together? That's called Rachman. Because when you look at the situation just from the perspective of Vayar Es Sivlosan, then somebody who's very, very sick, and that's the problem. And that's the suffering. The suffering is his, his sickness. But when you look Bisivlosan, it's already a different perspective. Of course there's that suffering. But then how does that suffering affect the wife? Like, well, what about the kids? There are kids that are not married. There's only one of them that's married. So the others are not married. 
So how does that how does it affect the children? Like how how are they dealing with this? This is something much more than than you know. Anybody could see the suffering, but as sivlosam, but to see bisivlosam, that's already rachem arachemen. Which women have a special koch of that because the rechem is a lashon of rachem, but the rechem means the womb. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. That's already the meat of rachem. So Rucham says the following: Well, the zayis godel kol kach inyan shall naisei baolim chaveira, but neishezek kol hatarakula. Here, Rabbi Rucham says such a lashon. This inyan of feeling what another person is feeling. Rabbi Rucham says, and he, he's not known for being poetic. That's not his style. Rabbi Yucham says, Neshazek kol ha-Torakul. Kol ha-Torakul. Hainu, Ichud ha-Nefoshes. Ichud ha-Nefoshes. To become one with somebody else's soul. Lahargish ze es ze. For one to feel the other. Lios margishim ze es ze. Lios Margishim, a husband and wife, parents and children. Lios Margishim, ze as ze. Now, just as a side note, that Rabbi Yuchim says this is kol ha-tarkula. What does that have to do with Shabbos? What does that have to do with Kashas? Like the same question, you know, with Hillel, the whole Torah on one foot, right? Okay, what does this have to do? Lahargish. <coughs> because those who learn the Surah know that the deepest pain in the world is the pain of the Shechina. Not going to that subject now. The Tzar HaShechina, to, to really know how to daven, means to feel Hashem's pain. Kivyach. And we don't know what that means. Some people are not learning this. So like he's got pain, so he can take care of his own pain. I mean, you know, he's like, he knows how to do that. I'm the one. I'm the Rachmanis. I'm the Rachmanis. The Yiddish Rachmanis. Because I, 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 I can't get myself out of my pain. But Hashem has pain. Like, you know, who told you to, like, you're having pain because Jews are suffering, so why don't you just take us out of our suffering, then you'll feel fine. Right, this is a very immature, and very silly, and small way of understanding Torah. I'm not going into that subject now. It's not for now. It's a Tisha Vinyan. It's for Tikkun Chatzais, those Jews who say Tikkun Chatzais. But Tzar Hashchina. In other words, on a deeper level, this midah of rachamim, of course, is not only Hashem's rachamim for us. The emiss is, and the Pizesta spoke about this in a few places, in the context of the ghetto. The Baruch the biggest rachamanis is on you. The biggest rachamanis <coughs> is on you. The, the, and, and for a Jew to be able to empathize, kivyoch, with the Bari Olam, with the Creator, to feel the tsar hashchim, the pain of the shchina, in the world that's so imperfect, and a world that's so oblivious to him, to feel the tsar of the shechina. So when Rabbi Yuchim says, Zekola Tarakula, Zekola Tarakula, it's the entirety of Torah, all of Torah. It's our relationship with Hashem's Baruch also, not just with our family and our friends. It's, it's, it's feeling the other, feeling the other. If you or I would feel Hashem, of course we can understand it in his essence, but to feel the Shechina condition, what that means, to feel that Tzadikim live with that Mamish. So Yuchim says, Lios Margishim Zeh is called Tarkul. That's the Midah Rachna. In the Musa's form, it's often called to be Noise Ba'olim Chaver. It's the same thing. The Midah Zerachna. And then Hashem's Boch said, because Moshe went out yesterday also, Moshe went because he slaps a little uh, a shapsula on his shoulders. So the Medrash makes a whole big deal, right? Because there was one animal that went away, was thirsty, and Moshe went, went over there and, and brought this animal back, and he carried it on his shoulders. So then the Baruch said, you're the man, right? We, we know that Chazal since we're little children. I remember we had in the coloring book, you know, Moshe went carrying a little, the little um, the lamb. The sheep. So, that's the job of the shepherd, no? That's what Moshe. That's what Moshe did. Like, you know. if you or I was selling rented cars, 
Well, they don't call them. They call them pre-owned, right? <laughs> if you are was selling pre-owned cars, and like one of them drifted off with somebody, you know, somebody decided to take one of the things that you're in the lot, and we wouldn't go after that, and we might not carry it back on our shoulders. But we go after the car. That's that's my job. That's my panasa. So the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu, the Moshe Rabbeinu went to, to bring back the uh, the behema, like that's uh, that qualified him to be Moshe Rabbeinu to lead Ami. So, so the way that we heard it is, you know, so say that doesn't mean that Moshe. It wasn't the amount of Taisus that he knew, and it wasn't the blood Gemara that he knew. It was that he went to bring back the Adam, which is true. But the panemius of that is that even with the behema. See, what Moshe Rabbeinu, what the Swarm tells us, that Moshe Rabbeinu felt, how is it possible that I have an achrayis for these animals and that I didn't feel that, that, that one of the animals was, was not doing well? That I didn't feel that this animal was thirsty, that I didn't give enough to drink, and that the animals, that this, this one, Shapsala was dragging around looking for something for a drink. For Moshe Rabbeinu, it was a tremendous gam in his position of being a rohet son, being a shepherd. He saw that. Just think for a minute that you, how easy it is for a Rebbe to have a class and the boy is not doing well and the Rebbe does not blame himself. The Rebbe blames the kid. Or he blames the family. Or he blames the internet. Or he blames society. But he doesn't blame himself. He doesn't take responsibility. I was, why is this kid looking for the girlfriend? Why is this kid looking for entertainment on there that's inappropriate? Why? Why did one of my children stray away and look for something else? That was my Shabbat Shalom. Even with an animal. Because to be a leader means to take responsibility. And to take responsibility means that if one of mine is not getting what he or she needs, then it means that it comes back to me. I'm doing something that's wrong. And for that, the Rabbi Shalom said, he's the man for the job. That's the right, that's what it means to be a leader. That's what it means to be a king. That's what it means to be a, a leader. That's what it means to be a rabbi. It's what it means to be a parent. What is it that I'm not doing? Why, why is it that, that, that this one went to look for some chiyas somewhere else why is this child not getting chiyas in my home, in my class? Why is this child looking for chiyas elsewhere? That's not the knee-jerk reaction of a parent or a rabbi. There are some rabbi parents that are like that. The typical reaction is, what's wrong with the kid? Something's wrong with the kid. Well, then, of course, society. and You always fall back on the Internet. That's, always, that's the main thing to fall back on. In every generation, there was Internet. It was just called different things. <coughs> That was the greatness of Maishu Rabbeinu. So Lemaisa. Lemaisa. When the kids are little, when the kids are little, despite the fact that little children require maintenance and they make a lot of noise and they make things dirty, and because of that we don't sleep enough and, uh, and, and the things, are, things are messy and so on. The truth is, that that the time spent when the children are little, when they're little, little nowadays, there's a different shoe, maybe kid depends on this, but the years when they're babies, when they're six, seven, eight, those younger years, the emesis, it's a metzias of ahava, of love. It's like a little Gan Eden, it's a little honeymoon, the baby's born, and that time is like Hosna Kal. Like Chasna Kali, right after the Chasna. Except with the children, this goes on for a few years. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever it is. And then, and then it comes to the years of, of the Nar. The years of, of uh, adolescence, of the teenage years. It comes to that time. And then all that we were talking about for the first year, uh, the arguments, the anger, how the kid, the kid seems to be angry all the time. He doesn't want to spend time with his parents. He goes elsewhere. So what happens is 
and this is the problem that we have, is that until that time, until like the first time that your kid rolls his eyes at you, until that time, everything was under the, was running under the midah of chesed, of ahava. Everything was the midah of ahava. It was love. That's all. It was the midah of ahava. So even the screaming and the crying and everything was all part, but the ahava was very, very strong. The kid didn't disagree with me, or it was a little kid, a baby. And everything was running under that midah of chesed of ahava. But now, when the kid starts to turn away from the parents, and the kid is angry, and the kid is even rebellious or disobedient, so now something has to shift. And this is where we get stuck. We want to continue using the Ahava. And we just bang our heads on the wall. And we tell the kid, Befeirish, I love you so much. I do everything. I do everything for you. You're nothing without me. It starts to get worse. I, I've given you everything. I live. You know how much I love you? Mommy and Daddy love you. We do everything for you. We love you. The kid's not interested in that at that point. He, he knows that. He's not interested in Ahava. He's interested in Rahmanas. He's not interested in Ahava. I get it, I get it, I get it. I know you love me. I know you'll jump off a roof for me. I heard all those shyness. I get it. You die for me, you'll kill yourself for me. And if the parents have survived them, they start showing you how they're dying. They take knives and putting them I shall have them talk about the survival and actually act it out. They like to show that they're dying, they're dying. So, <clears throat> the kid gets that. You know, that's not the issue right now. That's not the issue. The issue is not, at this point in life, it's not a hava. Because a hava is not going to get your kid to come home on time. A hava is not going to get your kid to go to shul. I know all the books talk about unconditional love, unconditional love, and love, all unconditional, unconditional love. That, there's no shortage of Ahava. We're Jews, we have tremendous, tremendous hearts, and the Ahava is not a problem. And if it is a problem, of course it needs work. Of course it needs work. But the modern books are making that Ki'ilu, that's the whole sugya, is this Indian of Ahava. Where the parents say, I don't know, I think I love, I love my kid. I love my kid. I, and, I, and I do everything for my kid. And, I, and I'm... That's not... So, and, they're, and they're baffled. But how come, how come it says that if I would love my kid unconditionally, that's the popular term, if I would love my kid unconditionally, then everything would be great. But I, 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 I love my kid. I, I feel like I love my kid more than anything. And what do I get for that? I get nothing for that. I'm more anger and more disrespect. And every time I bring up the subject of love... The eyes are rolling more and more and more. Do me a tie with your ahava. All of your ahava. Because something is shifting at that point. What's needed at that time, besides the ahava, which of course is always... But besides the ahava, what, what needs to take place is a, sh- is a shift from the honeymoon, ahava, cute little kid. Now the kid's not cute anymore. And now it's not about how I feel anymore. What I get from this kid that's so cute, the naches, the fun. Now it, now it shifts from, from being a makabel, being a, a havishnar, because I love this kid, and the kid is so cute, and the kid makes me feel great. I'm so proud to bring him into shul. I'm so proud of my, my, my boy. And now all of a sudden, the Vajrashtam is saying to you, you know, stop with, you know, all you have is very, very sweet. But all of that is you're just taking that's what your kid has been giving you until now. Naches. And all the cute stuff the kids give to the, to the parents that you get from the kids. Now something has changed. Now you're being told by the Baruch Shalom that you have to learn a different midah. And this midah means that you have to shift from being a makabel, from being a shnar. Who, who, since you didn't feel it, you, you never felt you got enough love, you didn't get enough love from your parents, now you got to get it from your kid. But when your kid's not behaving the way that you feel loved anymore, or appreciated anymore, then you're angry, and you become less mature than the kid. And you become more angry and frustrated than the kid. Because the shift now has to take place from you being a macabre, you being on the receiving end of all the naches, 
and cuteness and all the ahava and uh, how your daddy's baby, your daddy's kid, your daddy's girl, your daddy's boy. And now you have to be the person who is filled with the midah of teferis, of rachman, of rachem arachemenu in the um hasha, of kerachem of, of kerachem of albanim, which means that instead of just thinking about how this kid makes me feel, I have to start thinking about how this kid actually feels. I never did that before. Because it always seemed to me that if I give him a pinch, and I give him a candy, and I carry him on my shoulders, he feels great. So he's 15 years old. I can't carry him on my shoulders anymore. It doesn't seem that the stuff that I'm giving him is working. I, I, I give him this, I give him that, I give him this, I give him that. And I'm constantly reminding him about how much I've given him, right? And it doesn't seem to work. Because at that age, what's happening is the kid doesn't, doesn't need your love anymore. Now, please don't make a mistake. Till 120, everybody needs that love. But that's not the focal point of his need right now. The focal point of his need right now is oto, to live his life. To stop being a schnarrer of love and to start giving real love. And giving real love means when I'm no longer lovable. When I no longer fit your definition of what's cute and what's good and what's right. And I don't daven like you and I don't learn like you and I'm not, and I'm not the same kind of person that you are. Can you at that moment shift from ahava, from chesed? When I say that, I never mean dropping ahava. But can you now move up, move it up, upgrade from chesed to the music to Ferris? Now, how Netzach and Hod fits into this, I'm not going to right now. It's a beginning with Netzach and Hod. But there's no time for that right now. But can you upgrade? Can you, can you come to this place? And how that goes from chesed, gvur, to Ferris, how that goes down to Netzach and Hod, till Yisod, we'll talk about when, we, when we're discussing Yisod. But we're dealing now with how to get to the Midah of Bris. The way, the journey to Bris requires Rachman. Rachman is Teferis. Chesed Gvur, Teferis. It requires the Midah of Rachman, of Teferis. And the Midah of Teferis means, are you able to accept me for who I am? In other words, that doesn't mean that I can do anything I want. It means, do you understand me? Do you look at the world? Do you look at that screen? Are you, still, are you still looking at through your eyes or through my eyes? And that means that the kids, the kids are constantly testing us. The kids start screaming and carrying on because they want to see how we react. And it's unbelievable how we fall for that every time. How they, how they, they have this ability to draw intelligent people, mature people, into their thing. So the kid, when the kid starts to scream and he carries on, or he does things to, to lahachis, you feel that it's an attack on you. Why? I love you. This is what I get back. That's the most normal reaction. I love you. What do I get in return for my love? I get anger. I get chutzpah. That's what I get for my love. And the kid keeps on doing, you, know, you, ain't, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to give you more. There's going to be more anger. There'll be more chutzpah. I'm going to be machriv you. Why? Why would you do that to somebody that you love? Because the kid wants to know not whether you love him. The kid wants to know whether you have Rahmanas. And if we don't get that, then the kid does not grow up in a healthy way. <coughs> and Rahmanas means that you understand me. And that you understand me means that you empathize with me, that you feel what I'm feeling, you understand my anger, my pain. And when, that's, when he knows that, then he just throws himself into your arms, and he cries like a little boy. But if he doesn't feel that, he's just going to keep on trying to be mach of you, to crush you. He'll try to crush you and make you into dirt. Because, it, like the Vaishal of Sasev in the bar, you don't love him. Because if you really loved me, you would know what's hurting me now. So then they say to the kids, Tell me what's hurting you! Right? That's also a great line. <laughs> <laughs> like the kid says, You don't get me. So he says, So tell me. So then tell me. Okay, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell me. <laughs> what is it that's hurting you? What is this bar? He says, Big beginning. What's the beginning in your life? Tell me what's bothering you. And then the kid just says, Forget it. Forget it. And he slams the door. He says, You slamming the door? You slamming the door? I'm your father. You slamming the door? And it gets into this kind of stuff. So tell me what's bothering you. And the kids are saying, tell me what's bothering you. The kids thought that we, that we would know. Do you know that, that 
many of the children, many of the children of Lo'aleinu have been molested, and I've seen this, unfortunately, firsthand many, many situations. That, that was a boy that I know that was, for seven years, was tortured in camp every summer, was tortured by a counselor, who now is torturing other children. It's many years later, he's torturing other children, including his own, it seems. And, and, and this boy, who was tortured by the counselor, has never forgiven his parents for not stopping it. And all the parents say, now the parents gave up every penny they had for therapy, and all the parents say is that we didn't know. We would have, we would have killed the guy. We would have stopped this, but we didn't know. Why didn't you tell us? And the kid doesn't have an answer for that. We're not talking about a 12-year-old. We're talking he's already in his 30s. How could you not know? How could you not know? Like, you're so, uh, you're so oblivious to me. You're, like, wrapped up in your lives. You didn't know. And they're good people. They say, like, we never studied this stuff. We didn't know. We saw that you were upset. We, did, we saw that you stopped keeping, you know, uh, mitzvahs. We saw that you were, like, something was going on. And we asked you, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? So why didn't you ever tell us that the guy is doing that? Why didn't you tell us? Of course we would have protected you. And he just walked away. He just walks away. You didn't know. You didn't know. So well, I'm a Navi. How am I supposed to know? I'm not a Navi. They don't forgive. Arkadekach. Is there this expectation for Rachemim that they can't forgive? Some can, some can't. I mean, that needs a lot of work. To say that because if you really loved me, you would know what was hurting me. And you would know that there was somebody that was killing me. And you didn't get it. But why didn't you say anything? I couldn't say anything. Whatever. For whatever reason, I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't talk about it. But how come you didn't see it? How come you didn't know? How come you didn't stop it? There's a lot of this going on. It's terrible. It's a tragedy. And we have to dab Hashem all the time. Open my eyes to understand what my child is going through. Open my eyes. I don't want to be a shikar, a guy in a bar someplace in, in, in Russia, you know? Open my eyes to see. I love this kid. Open my eyes to see what's hurting him. Open my eyes to understand what makes him happy. What he considers to be fun, not what I consider to be fun. You know? Hey, you want to make another CM this week? That might not do it for you, kid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe it does. You look very lucky. If, that's what, if your kid likes it, that's great. But it might not be. I thought you'd really enjoy another CM this week. You know, I thought people... Spend time together, do a CM, you know. <laughs> the kid, the kid really you know, wants to do a paintball or something, whatever. And his father wants to make another CM with him. So we have to dive in very hard. We'll continue, but we have to dive in very, very hard to have our eyes, to have our, our eyes adjusted to our children's eyes to see what they're seeing. That's called the midah rachem aleph. We'll continue next week. Please keep with the pages. We'll get to the next yeah. week. Just collect it. Yeah, maybe just put him in there. <laughs> someone has to remember, because I'm not going to remember what you did. <laughs> Two weeks. No, sure. Next week. What's next? <laughs>